I'm Doug Edlund. The devastation caused by the recent fires in the Smoky Mountains will be remembered for many years to come. The amount of damage to life and property may be hard for some to process, especially children. Dr. Heather Wallace of UTIA's Family and Consumer Sciences Unit recently visited AgCast to share some tips to help parents and kids deal with life's catastrophic events. This is AgCast, brought to you by the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture. Dr. Wallace, thanks for joining us here on AgCast today. Um, start off with uh, how do catastrophic events like wildfires, for example, that have just happened recently in the Smoky Mountains, how does that affect some children? Yeah, well, first, thanks a lot for having me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the time here. Um, you know, something like a wildfire or um, natural disaster, we recently also had um, some tornadoes in the area as well. These are really acute so short-term, hopefully, um, stressors that happen that affect the worlds in which we all live, and they can affect us for sometimes just a short period of time or sometimes for a, a, a longer period of time. So in lots of different situations, children react in lots of different ways, as mm-hmm. do adults. So some of um, the ways that uh, environmental issues can affect children are just... Um, from the disruption in their daily routine. So, you know, it's so sad to learn that some children lost their their homes and where they are, so they're not sleeping in their same place. They're not um, having breakfast at the same table. Um, So some of those daily routines that are disrupted can be very jarring for children, Um, any child really, but we also think about children that might have special needs as well. Uh, And their resources and their way of being in the world has been disrupted as well. And so um, the, the disruption there can be very jarring for children and um, create a lot of uncertainty at times for them. What are, you know, what are some of the common reactions that you'll see in children dealing with events like this? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, communicated fears, uh, sometimes they'll pick up on even the littlest thing that you might not think is something to worry about, but it's a worry to them. And that's something to pay attention to. So they're going to worry about the, the safety for themselves, but as well as others, including um, pets. We've heard some unfortunately sad stories of families losing their pets, and that's really hard for children. Um there is part of part of their life too. You're also going to see sometimes children, especially the younger ones, be a little more clingy. So they're going to um, not want to separate as much. And then you'll see that typically with parents, sometimes siblings, um, and sometimes even their teachers. They'll reach out to them as well. Um, when they're, you'll see, sometimes you even um, notice when children have like a reminder Mm-hmm. of the traumatic event so if it was a tornado maybe loud sounds for a while can be very um, unsettling to a child so or if, if it was fire so maybe the smell of something burning would be very um, uh, reminiscent to them so the sound of sirens helicopters uh, all of those kinds of things can be very triggering and create a lot of um, anxiety in children so you're also anxiety looks different in everyone um, some children react by becoming more withdrawn, so they'll become quieter, um, lack um, attention and concentration of things. Some children become more irritable. Uh, and if you're thinking, great, now 
this is the last thing I need is a child who's acting up on me. That's going to be an indicator that they're having some stress too. And, you know, children don't always have the language to say, hey, I'm really freaked out right now. I'm totally stressed out. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I lost my favorite blankie. And all I want to do is go back to the way it was. So children aren't going to have all of that language. So um, instead, you'll see angry outbursts sometimes. Um, or even sometimes uh, play. So they're so if they want to, a lot of times children will process through play, process their emotions, and try to work out how they're feeling about things, um, either pretend play or with their figurines. And so if you see a preoccupation with fire or devastation or something like that, I wouldn't jump to the worst conclusion. I would just know that that's part of the child um, kind of working their emotions through. Changes in sleep. So if they're sleeping more, sleeping less, changes in appetite, eating more, eating less. Um, those are all types of responses you can see. How should we talk to our children about events like this? So with children in particular, it's important to be honest. So they know when you're telling the truth and they know when you're not, to be honest. And so I think that when we're talking to children, we have to be um, direct. Only answer the questions that they're asking. Okay, no need to go on and elaborate beyond that. They'll ask the questions when they want to when they want to know it. And they'll ask it in the amounts of information they can quite honestly digest. So answering what they're asking, answering in ways that um, they can understand. So and relating it back to their life. So if they're saying, you know, is our house going to burn again or where are we going to live? If you don't know in that moment what the answer is, it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know right now, but I am trying my best to get the answers as fast as possible. We have lots of people helping us and my job is to always keep you safe. And focusing on how you are working to keep that your child safe. That's really what they want to know. And focusing on that and focusing on the positives in the situation, helping child find those helpers is and, and know that people are there to support them. So keeping it brief, keeping it direct, keeping it honest uh, are, are really the best practices when talking to children about this. So as a parent or a guardian, you know, how do we how do we help our kids deal with something like this? Yeah, so that's our number one job. So it sometimes it feels like it, that's maybe the most difficult thing to do because everything else is chaotic. And the best thing to do is to spend time and calmly talk with children. Uh, you know, bedtime is a really great time for this because it oftentimes is uh, a time when children's minds start racing, uh, very similar to adults sometimes. Um, but they, um, you know, when they're lying there and thinking about things and wondering about things, uh, that's a really good time for you to just spend, maybe just even if you're sitting in the same room, and knowing that that's okay for a short period of time. That way if they have a question or a worry or something like that, they know that you're accessible, you are there. And responding to their questions is, is so important. Giving them an outlet uh, for some of their concerns, frustrations, fears, so having them um, do drawings or playing with friends or that sort of thing is really important. 
And then I would also suggest um, trying to keep them uh, on a routine if possible. So it may not be the normal routine you're used to, but doing at least some of the same things the same way if you can. So if they knew that they were going to take a bath before bed, that would be something to keep the same. Um, and then also keeping your expectations as a parent pretty stable. So what I mean by that is if you were the type of parent that wasn't going to let your child run around and act all crazy at a restaurant before, probably best not to start that and allow that behavior now either. So keeping those expectations the same so that the children know that you are the same parent um, regardless of what's happened. Okay. So what kind of, you know, we have a lot of resources out there for parents and guardians. What's available for them to, you know, help their kids get um, through situations like this? Yeah. So there's quite a few. So the first one I'm going to point out, of course, is um, through extension. They go to fcs.tennessee, completely spelled out. So T-E-N-N-E-S-S-E-E. I hope I, I did that right. Uh, so fcs.tennessee.edu. They'll see a link to disaster recovery resources, and so we have some direct links to information there. The other resources that I would point to would be to kidscentraltn.org. They have uh, resources on how to um, help children deal with stress and navigate things like that, uh, and that is all Tennessee-specific information. Then I would also suggest uh, turning to the Traumatic Stress Network uh, for children. They can find that by Googling online. And that has resources specifically for children and about fires and about um, natural disasters and that sort of thing. So those are the three big ones. I would also strongly suggest reaching out to the schools and reaching out to other um, mental health areas. If you're seeing changes in children that are lasting four to six weeks or more that you're not able to um, address or you're concerned about. So I would reach out to local resources like um, Mental Health uh, Association of East Tennessee. They're a really great resource and their website is M-H-A-E-T, Mental Health Association of East Tennessee, dot com. And they have a phone number. It's 865 584 9125. And then I'd also suggest the McNabb Center. Uh, they actually, they have um, centers in Sevierville and in some of the counties where those recent tornadoes happened as well. And that's McNabb, M-C-N-A-B-B-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. And their phone number is 800-255-9711. Well, Dr. Wallace, thank you so much for joining us today. That was some fantastic information, and we really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. For more real-life solutions provided by the UT Institute of Agriculture, go to our website at ag.tennessee.edu.